I just wanted to start by digging first a bit more into people pleasing. You've mentioned a few times childhood gets set up in childhood. Yeah. Tell us how people pleasing gets set up in childhood. And then part B to that question would be mm-hmm. how do we raise our children differently so that they're not people pleasers, so they don't need to come yeah. and read your book? Let's start with the first one. So how does a people pleaser get created? It happens in lots of different ways. So sometimes we might find that we have a parent who can't handle our feelings. So we might have a parent who, if you can picture this, I certainly can, who can look worried or concerned if we're upset. And so as a child, of course, the last thing we want to do is rock the boat around a caregiver. So we might start to learn actually our feelings upset other people. So we start to find ways to kind of moderate them, modify them, bury them, disown them, ditch them altogether. And I think one of those impacts is of having a parent who just wants us to be happy. So we try very hard to please them by not having these difficult feelings. We might have a caregiver who's doing all the feelings already. Maybe there was chaos growing up and actually they were occupying the feelings. And as a child, in the same vein, we don't want to upset our caregivers. We rely on them for our survival. So if we can help them stay okay, we will. And that might mean we kind of help them maintain a status quo that's all right. Or maybe one of our older siblings has already occupied the role of boat rocker. So actually for us to find our slot in life, we can develop something else and be the good kid. Sometimes there's depression around. Sometimes we get messages about you can feel some feelings, but not others. So if we stereotype at this point, we've got lots of little girls growing up into mums these days who were taught not to be angry, but perhaps were allowed to be sad or scared. And vice versa, we can find little boys growing up being told not to be sad, not to show tears, not to be weak. So some feelings might have been allowed and not others. And we basically end up with a set of conditions. And these are who we are to be and how we are to behave, what feelings we're to feel, which ones we're not, what we're to do and acting on them until we end up with this lane that we have to stay in. And the people pleaser lives in that lane, trying very hard not to put a foot wrong or upset anyone else, trying to be all the things that brought them closer to their original caregiver and none of the things that drove a wedge between them. So maybe that actually leads us into question part B, you know, which is this piece about how to actually model, not martyr as a parent. By that, I mean how to show our children what it looks like to feel. And that includes what it looks like to feel when we're frustrated with them or something they've said or done upsets us or hurts our feelings so that we're not there trying to protect them from feelings themselves. We actually get to show them what life is like and how to feel so that we give them permission to feel their feelings too. So many people pleasers will tell me about, my mum was such a people pleaser as well. You know, I would see her going around to the neighbours and taking shepherd's pies and walking their dogs and picking their kids up. So what else was I to do? You know, I learned how to do it. And my view of parenting is about this model. Don't take it all on and be superwoman because actually all you're doing is setting up the next generation to follow suit. Similarly, I think it's really important that as parents, we have spaces where we can take our feelings that help us regulate, you know, because so much of this is about being feelingful humans, but also recognizing actually that we need the right spaces to take those feelings. There's so much in all of that, isn't there? And I think I think it's fascinating what you were sharing there about not being these sort of cardboard cutout yeah. you know, models and not having feeling, but also not penduling in the other way and, and flooding the house with our feelings. Dumping. Exactly. And like everything, 
you know, there's the two extremes that you just described. And then there's that sort of middle ground, isn't it? Where I'm still learning this, where I'm able to show my feelings around my children, but maybe I've done enough processing or I'm grounded enough outside of that relationship that it doesn't feel unsafe to them that I'm sort of, it's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah, it is a fine line. And I think one of the things that I kind of take great pains to do with my kids and, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. So who knows whether it'll be the right thing or not. And as we know, we know we screw them up in one way or another. But what I try to do is talk about my feelings when it's not about them. So if, for instance, we're at the dinner table and I've had a rubbish day at work, I might talk about my rubbish day at work. Or if someone cut me up on the motorway or took my parking place or moaned at me when I was late, that I would talk about those feelings that I might have so that my kids hear me talk about my feelings, but not necessarily in a direct context that's about them, because they might not yet be able to tolerate the fact that I'm having those feelings in response to our relationship. We will talk about that. My son's 11 now. We're talking about that quite a lot because he's very much preteen right now. But actually, I think it's really important just to hear dialogue about feelings. That is what I didn't have because I think partly my parents didn't have the language and also it just wasn't like that in the 80s, was it? It just wasn't. No, No, and I think now, I mean, I've been practicing for 15 years. 15 years ago, it wasn't like that. And so much has changed over the last 15 years that I've been in practice, just noticing that, well, therapy is no longer a taboo subject, but equally feelings are much more commonplace in conversations. And I think to have that kind of little and often conversation about how you feel, what makes you happy, what makes you sad, what makes you angry, so that we don't have this idea that feelings are off limits and we need to think our way through or act our way out. There is something I have been waiting to tell you. I am really excited to share that Motherkind is the official podcast partner for The Baby Show with Lidl GB 2023. The show is from Friday the 20th to Sunday the 22nd of October at Olympia in London and I will be there on Saturday the 21st at 1.30 recording a live podcast with a very special guest talking about everything motherhood. I will reveal who it is next week so make sure you come back then. The Baby Show with Lidl GB is the UK's largest and best loved pregnancy, baby and parenting event. And it has been running since 2002. So they know a thing or two about babies. Tickets can be bought online at thebabyshow.co.uk forward slash Olympia. That's thebabyshow.co.uk forward slash Olympia. And if you pop in the code MOTHERKIND, that's MOTHERKIND, before Thursday the 19th of October, at midnight, you'll get your ticket for only £18 a person. That saves you £8 on the door. So please do get yourself a ticket. Come and see me. I would love to meet you and say hi. Hi.